0: Good morning, and peace be with you. We have announcements that are going to be uh, handled by Lee this morning, and welcome back, Lee and Sharon, from your trip. Um, Before Lee gets up here, just kind of a thought uh, that I had, just, uh, I was in Boy Scouts. Were there any Boy Scouts in here? Cub Scouts, Girl Scouts, all that stuff. So you know, the um, what's the Boy Scout motto? Be prepared, yes. And um, in the times that we're in right now, we just don't know what's going on and all that. And, and um, you all come from a, a generation, uh, much like my parents. My parents were older than, I think, pretty much everyone in this room. If, um, but anyway, but it was uh, kind of a be prepared. So. We had batteries, you know. That wasn't a luxury. It was just we had extra batteries. We had flashlights. Even back in the 60s and 70s, my mom had water in the house. She would take the old Clorox bottles, and when they were done, you know, there would be a little, I don't know how much was in there. I never drank out of them, but uh, she would fill those up, and we had those in the garage just in case. Back in the day when people did their own cannings and jars and all that stuff, my point is this. Um, I'm not advocating you go out and, you know, buy too much food and all that stuff. But it's not a bad idea just to be prepared. Do you have flashlights at your house that are nearby if you need them? Do you you have extra food or canned goods or something like that? Do you have a first aid kit? Do you have your phone near you and all those kind of things? It's just, I don't know why it's on my heart, but it's on my heart and I wanted to let you know. So, um, and there's Tim and he's got a flashlight too. So, um, anyway, thank you, Lee, for coming up and doing our uh, announcements.
1: That was a long way around. I'm exhausted, but... Uh... Uh, you know, they suggested uh, last—well, not last week. We were here, but they suggested that uh, you can go ahead and use the ramp if you want to, rather than the steps. And it's also extra exercise. I just figured that out too, so might not be a bad plan. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's good to be back. We had a nice trip to Tucson and everything. So, thanks a lot. Um, as far as today goes, I'll, uh, as the pastor would usually say, you can read most of the stuff at your leisure when you have time. Uh, but a few things to mention uh, of course your regular Bible study on Tuesdays at noon uh, the uh, RLC's prayer meeting will be on Thursday at 11 o'clock you can pray for the whole church of God and for each other men's Bible study is on Saturday morning it's always at 8 o'clock bright and early but they do have donuts to help you wake up uh, there is an upcoming event on June 2nd we have the uh, pianist who put on a what, a mini concert, I guess, for us one time with some classical type music. He's quite an entertainer, quite a performer, so. Uh, even if you don't like that kind of music, it's, it's fun to watch. Uh, that's on June 2nd, I said that. Uh, please consider to uh, reach out to the homebound people that are there, there is a list back on the table in the uh, lobby for you to find if there's somebody if you want to help out with people who are probably sitting at home alone a lot, so. Uh, then the only other thing I have is to say that uh, again. This is the last time we get to wish Happy Birthday to Louis Beck. Hey, Louis. <laughs> I said it's the last chance to wish you Happy Birthday this month. Okay. And Jan Tubiola. Her birthday was on the 23rd. Tim O'Donnell. He turned 31 on. Uh, Am I close? Anyway, on April 26th, that's just this last week, and then Peggy Jones on the 27th. Wedding anniversaries, back on April 1st, Bob and Joan Fry, not here. Uh, Ken and Carol Keane, they're here. Happy anniversary, Ken and Carol. Uh, John and Kelly Whitney, tell them we said hi. Maybe they're watching this, right, on TV? (laughs) Okay. Uh, And Ken and Gail Yabuki just this last week also. So anyway, uh, that's all the announcements that I have for now. Like I said, read the rest of it. uh, A lot of it's the same stuff that's there, but uh, it doesn't hurt to read it and remind, remind yourselves. Anyway, thank you.
0: Will you please stand, if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are, by nature, sinful and unclean. so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins, and as you are called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace let us pray to the Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. The Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God, power and riches and wisdom and strength, and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. Sing with all the people of God, and join in the hymn of all creation blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Oh. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, merciful Father, since you have wakened from death the shepherd of your sheep, grant us your Holy Spirit. That when we hear the voice of our shepherd, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads. Through Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
2: Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, and can be found on page 1694 in the Pew Bible. Um, this reading is titled The Fellowship of the Believers. Acts 2:42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Uh, We'll read Psalm 23 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin on page 6. This psalm is pretty familiar. It's King David's psalm invoking the image of what our God symbolized as a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me and I will, dwell, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The next reading is taken from the first book of Peter, chapter two, verses 19 through 25 and can be found on page 1889 in the Pew Bible. These paragraphs are titled, Submissions to Rulers and Masters, 1 Peter 2, 19 through 25. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you are called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to uh, uh, to him who judged justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we may die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you are like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseers of your souls. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from John. Chapter 10, verses 1 through 10, and can be found on page 1666. John records, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, They will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, But the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This is the gospel of the Lord Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you uh, pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Those of you who have had anything to do with real estate know that the value of any given piece of property depends on three things. Location, location, and location. There is a similar saying about understanding language, whether it is written or spoken. The true meaning depends on three things, context, context, and context. So according to the three-year lectionary of which we use. The fourth Sunday of Easter today is Good Shepherd Sunday. And the psalm for the day is the 23rd psalm. And the gospel for the day comes from the beginning of John 10, where Jesus states that he is the good shepherd. So in order to get the full and accurate meaning of John 10, we should begin by examining the context of the passage. First of all, there is a cultural context of caring for sheep in the first century Israel. For the most part, the shepherds, they grazed their sheep on marginal land that no one had claimed. And it was sort of like the open-range grazing that we had uh, that the ranchers uh, used in the pioneer days in, in these United States. Except instead of cattle, we are talking about sheep in Israel. So in order to provide protection at night, Several of the shepherds would work together to clear an area of stones. And they would use these stones to build an enclosure, a, a tall wall, to keep out predators. And the enclosure, you've heard the uh, term sheepfold. The sheepfold would have one opening for the sheep and the shepherds to get in, and to get out, just one opening. And at night, one of the shepherds would lie down in the opening. He would literally become the door to the enclosure. So no sheep could get out without stepping across the body of the shepherd. And if a wolf wanted to get at the sheep, It had to go through the shepherd. And when Jesus states that he is the door of the sheep, he is telling us that he is the good shepherd who guards the entrance to his flock with his body. And this really is an excellent word picture when we think that it is Jesus' body on the cross that saves and protects us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. So when the morning came, each shepherd would call his flock. And when the sheep heard the call of their shepherd and their shepherd only, they came out. And they followed their shepherd by listening to his voice. And by working with them, with the sheep out in the pasture all day, and talking to them, the sheep came to know the voice of their shepherd. And they would not follow any other voice. Now, Martin Luther gives an excellent example of what it means to hear the Good Shepherd's voice in his explanation to the Third Commandment. In the Small Catechism with Explanation, it says, We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and His Word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn from it. Those who hear the Good Shepherd's voice have a hunger that can only be satisfied by the Word of God. They do not see Bible class as a duty or an inconvenience. Instead, they see it as an opportunity to feed from green pastures, and to drink from still waters. They see it as an opportunity to be with their God, to be with their good shepherd, and to receive his good gifts. Now, there is a second part of the context of this morning's gospel. That is when Jesus stated that he was the door of the sheep. He was speaking to a man who was once blind. He was speaking to some Pharisees and a gathering crowd. Now, Jesus spoke these words shortly after he gave sight to a blind man on the Sabbath. In fact, the account of this restoration was the gospel just a few weeks ago. Maybe you remember a man was born blind, and Jesus spit into the dust and made some mud, and he applied the mud to the man's eyes. And then he told the man to wash his eyes in the pool of Siloam. And the man did exactly what Jesus said, and he received his sight. And you know, all would have been well and good if it weren't for the hypocrites among the Pharisees. You see, Jesus had performed the sign on the Sabbath, and the Pharisees, rather than rejoicing for and rejoicing with that the man could see, they were disturbed. They had their beaks tweaked because Jesus had worked on the Sabbath. And eventually, the Pharisees condemned Jesus, and as for the man who had received his sight, they threw him out out of the synagogue. And by then, the man didn't care, because his faith was in Jesus, and not in in the Pharisees, and not in the synagogue. So Jesus condemned the Pharisees by declaring that even though they claimed, the Pharisees claimed to have spiritual insight, they were spiritually blind. And because they insisted that they had spiritual insight, their guilt remained. And then he began teaching that what we heard in today's gospel. Therefore, when Jesus said this, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. He was speaking directly to the Pharisees who condemned him and who had thrown the man out of the synagogue. He was saying that they were thieves and they were robbers. Now the Pharisees, they were experts at taking the word of God out of context, Even though they memorized large sections of Scripture, they often misused it. They replaced the true meaning of Scripture with their own opinion. At another time, Jesus grew extremely frustrated with the Pharisees, and he scolded them. This is in Matthew 15, 7 through 9. He wrote, You hypocrites! Well... Did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said this people honors me with their lips but their heart is far from me in vain do they worship me teaching as doctrines teaching as doctrines the commandments of men We still have false teachers today these are teachers who will quote scripture and then fill it with their opinions. Opinions that contradict the meaning of the scripture that they quoted. There are millions of false opinions out there. They come in all sizes and shapes and styles. And at first, this might seem overwhelming. How can we guard against false teachings, if there are so many. I'm glad, I, glad you asked that. While it is never easy to guard against false teaching, it does become a little easier when you realize that all false teachings have one, one central teaching. In some way, in some shape or some form, They teach that you are at least partially responsible for providing your own salvation. There may be all kinds of rituals. There may be all kinds of teachings. There may be many approaches. But in the end, somewhere inside it all, you will hear a condition. What is that condition, Pastor? That's a condition that says when... Or if you do something, then you will receive something. It all depends on you. Now, it can sound ever so simple, these kind of things. Let me give you an example. It can sound like this. God wants to bless you. All you have to do is think happy thoughts, and then he will give you a life of victory. And at first, this sounds tempting, but when we realize, I am the one who has to think happy thoughts, I am the one who has to do something, it sounds harmless and uplifting even. But as soon as any part of the process depends on you, it's a false teaching. It is a robber. It is a thief trying to get into the sheepfold. Any system that depends in any part on me will fail. It's just the way it works in the end. In the end, we all must stand before an almighty and holy God and give an account of ourselves. And listen closely. This isn't you. But those who depend on the opinions of the false prophets, those who depend on the opinions of the false prophets will not pass the final test. Now the Bible teaches a different way. Thanks be to God. It exposes us to God's holy law in all of its severity. A lawyer asked Jesus in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six through 40, you'll recall this, he says, Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And Jesus answered, he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, these are the commandments that we must keep in order to earn our own salvation. Did you hear me? These are the commandments that we must keep in order to earn our own salvation. And when the Bible says, keep it, it, it means keep it, all of it. There are no timeouts. There are no gimmies. There are no do-overs. There are no mulligans. One mistake just one mistake, and it's all over. Let's just say this: if the law were a game of golf, where are my golfers? They often, huh? If the law were golf, it would mean playing eighteen holes and ending up with a score of eighteen. The Bible says this in Romans three twenty-three: all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. And we know that God's law clearly teaches that anyone who believes he can contribute anything to salvation will fail. He will lose everything. That's the law. You ready for some gospel? Let's hear some gospel. Here is where the true religion shines. When you come, when I come, to the very painful but very truthful recognition that you cannot keep any code of conduct perfectly, the only thing false religions can do is tell you to try harder, to make your faith stronger, to think happier thoughts, and so forth. But when you come to the truthful realization that you cannot actually do that, there's nothing left but despair. True religion offers a solution for that despair. In the gospel, in today's gospel, Jesus tells you that he is the good shepherd who is the door to salvation. And when you go before God and confess, you remember doing this this morning? You all confessed, I did too. I do not love you as I should. The Bible tells you that God sent His only begotten Son, Jesus, into the world to do that for you. When you go before God and confess, I do not love my neighbor as myself. The Bible tells you that God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, into the world to do that for you. And when you go before God and confess, I cannot bear the punishment that I deserve for my sin. The Bible tells you that God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, into the world to do that for you too. When Jesus hung on the cross for three hours and he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He endured the eternal punishment of hell for you. The truth of the entire Bible is that God does all of the work to give us salvation. We do nothing, God does it all. God, the Holy Spirit, even gives you the faith that receives this salvation. Jesus Christ is the Good Shepherd. It is he who loves God perfectly for you. It is he who loves his neighbor perfectly for you. It is he who died for you. It is he who rose from the dead for you. It is he who ascended for you. It is he. He is the one whose body is the door to salvation. It is He who calls you by name. He has done all that you need. And He has done it so that you can live with Him forever. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
3: Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear.
0: stand, if you're able. Let us now confess our faith together with the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth,
4: As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord, we gather this morning as one to praise your holy name. Heavenly Father, your Son Jesus, and Holy Spirit, we know that you are one God Almighty, and creator of the universe and all within it, including us. We recognize your authority and power over everything and everyone, and give you thanks and praise for your creation. We also know that you are not bound by the limits of time or space as we understand them, since you alone created them, and that you will do as you will whenever you decide. We love and fear you at the same time, Lord, as we try to understand your plans for our world, your world, actually, and our lives in it. We know that Satan and sin have set free and are running wild among us by our failure failure to follow your commands, and our failure to trust you from the beginning. As a nation, it's clear that we have failed to teach our children your ways, but instead teach our ways that are clearly morally corrupt. Our nation is unrecognizable today, and we are pleading for your intervention to set us back as one nation under you and you alone. Guide us to recognize cleverness, lies, and distortions among our leaders and those who serve them. Empower us to stand firm against anyone who would destroy this nation that you have supported and guided since its founding. Holy Father, you know our hearts and minds and the despair, fear, and anxiety that we hold inside. When King David felt this way and called out for your mercy, you saved him and the Israelites. Though we don't deserve your mercy for the sins we have committed and the trust in you we have abandoned, we ask that you save us and our country too. We know that you love us even when we need your discipline. Holy Spirit, thank you for bringing us to faith in our eternal Savior, Jesus, and for keeping us in faith even in times when we falter. You know that it's hard for us to see a rainbow when we're in a hurricane. Thank you for reminding us that the sun continues to shine even above the darkest cloud cover and that the clouds are temporary. Thank you for focusing our eyes when we're calm and quiet on our Father's natural creation around us. The wildflowers are in bloom. The hillsides are green with new growth. The ocean is blue. The reservoirs have been refilled. The weather is moderate and the skies are clear. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings you have given us. Lord, we pray for those who are lonely, distraught, fearful, in despair, or frustrated and angry. Please help us provide the care and counsel that would alleviate their stress and bring comfort to those who feel lost and powerless. We pray for healing for those we know who are sick or injured, physically or mentally. We pray for the safety of those we love who travel. We give you thanks, Lord, for the friends you have provided us. Their companionship provides hope and comfort in stressful times and shared joy in better times. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for those who are called to volunteer to serve others above themselves. These servants shine light into an otherwise dark world. Again, Holy Father, we pray for the safety of our children, help us teach them to recognize evil and deceit around them, and to know and follow your ways rather than the ways of this corrupt world. Guide us to protect them from physical and mental harm, and that you would remove anyone who attacks their innocence. We pray for all those who have been called to serve our military and other professional services that may require the sacrifice of their own well-being for the protection of others. Please shield all of them from harm. Holy Spirit, please give each of us the resolve to stand firm in our faith, even as we are persecuted for it. Persecution of Christianity in America has grown significantly in the past 60 years, reaching a fever pitch today. We were warned of this nearly 2000 years ago and also encouraged to remain faithful by Jesus himself in Holy Scripture. Please help us to do so. Holy Father, we thank you again for choosing to save us from eternal damnation through the sacrifice of your only son, Jesus. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we have for ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption that all you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Almighty and ever-living God. But chiefly, we are bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of our Lord. For he is the true Passover Lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who by his death has destroyed death, and by his rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Another example of Jesus for you. My body for you. My blood shed for you. Come, the table is prepared for you. The ushers will bring you forward.
5: Lord, I offer you my name. Joy. All created things, above all wisdom, and all the ways of man, you were here before the world began, above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all. yeah
0: now the benediction may the lord bless you and keep you may the lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you may the lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen our sending him is shine jesus shine and i'll bet you roger recognizes that
6: is shining in the midst of the darkness shining Jesus light of the world shine upon us set us free by the truth now you bring us shine on China display.